I did, I forgot Shibata was a New Japan guy. And so when me and Blake were talking about ref names, I was like, oh, his name's Shibata. That's a funny name. And then we were like, then, I think it was during the uh, Matt Mania show that I realized, like, because I said Shibata. The oh, ref- I, thought, I, I thought you got, I, I had a, wow, I gave you guys way too much credit. I assumed you had done that on purpose. No. <laughs> no. That entire time. Because I recognize it immediately. You're like, oh, okay, that's 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 a cute little little in joke. Well done, guys. I thought you were like fucking poking fun of me and my new Japan bullshit. Well, that's what <laughs> it is now. See, I didn't realize it until um, we did the Matt Mania show. Oh yeah, Mega Ran laughed at it. Yeah, yeah. He was like, Shibata's the reverie, and I'm like, fuck it. I guess we're running with this. You'd unintentionally been running with it for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, shit! You found yourself. You just woke up and found yourself at the thirty-yard line. You were just like, "Oh shit, this happened." <laughs> so, welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I'm your host, the bad boy of podcasting, Scotty Moore, and it's me. The last good brother of wrestling. It's the B, Blake Tanner. What's up, motherfuckers? Let's go. Thank you. I- fuck you, Bob. <laughs> I'm the last normal person on this podcast, the Dylan. <laughs> yeah. See, here's yeah, basically. The, see, here's the problem. I've been calling myself first, the- last, and only. <laughs> I've been calling myself the bad boy of podcasting, and that's just been like a fun little nickname until, like, last weekend I went to a Bleak 182 concert and introduced myself to a very angry short Italian man who assumed my greeting was a threat and then immediately started trying to fight me. You know what the funny thing I found? Did you, did you then back into the crowd kind of looking like a bitch for... Backing up against Enzo Amore and his electric ferret haircut, and now everybody's giving you shit on on the internet. Well, a lot of people giving him shit. But okay, so what happened is this is this is our bad boy Joey Janela got into an altercation with Enzo Amore. He didn't starting even get off into strong. one. He just he like like he looked like he had his fists up. Like I don't want this guy to fucking fight me. Yeah, but like I feel like I need to. Yeah, like, that was a look at everybody was like, he didn't look like bad boy, he didn't look like, he was like, yeah, no, no bad boys coming up being like, yeah, no, like, you, if you're at somewhere at a concert or something and somebody fights you, like, unless you're shit-faced, you don't want to fight, probably. Or, or the opposite, because apparently Joey was wasted on White Claws, and that was enough for him to be like, Here's my argument for, oh, he's backing up looking like a bitch. A, apparently they did not release the entire footage. B... Joey is, um, like, he is one of the people in one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world right now. Probably not the best to get into an altercation. You mean he is gainfully employed in wrestling, whereas the other guy ain't. Yeah. But the other guy, the other guy will let you, let you go into his apartment and, and borrow a plunger if you need it. Oh, I did reply. When I saw this happen, I replied to Janela's tweet with, All this over one little prank call, and Janela liked it. (laughs) Oh, this is... I'm so happy that we have that story between us, Joey Janela, and like 70 other people. Oh, our entire Twitter account is currently dedicated 
to making sure Joey Janela never forgets that he did that because they just announced the uh, after party for uh, All Out is going to be a big Joey Janela celebration. And I tweeted I saying, oh, this is so much better than breakfast. Um, by the way, AEW, call it a Janelebration. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's for free. I, well, no, no, I think it is called a Janelebration or something like that. I already gave it to him, good. <laughs> Them and me, same page. Hire me, goddammit. <laughs> Get there. Um, but, yeah, do you think, because Joey did, Joey did do the fun prank call on Enzo. Do you think? Do you think Enzo came at him with a plunger? Yeah, I think so. Well, what it was? It's I, like here's your plunger, you piece of shit. Well, didn't Janela challenge Enzo to a shoot fight at like Bloodsport uh, last year or something like that? Yeah, he talked shit to Enzo before. But I think Enzo was just like, because he was like, oh, this guy's just chasing clout. I don't think he under, Enzo's a guy who thinks he understands pro wrestling so much, but does not understand pro wrestling at all. Mm-hmm. What was your, because, like, what was your first hint? Was it everything he's <laughs> ever said? Yeah. Was it, one of my favorites was when he was talking about uh, the fact that Janela was acting like a bitch and not acting uh, like professional because he was clout chasing, allegedly, by introducing himself. And in the replies, my favorite Twitter presence in wrestling Twitter, James Vanderbeek, says, ah, he should have done something a lot more professional, like show up to his former employer and cause a ruckus backstage for no apparent reason. Yep. Um, yo? Yo? Enzo Amore is taller than me. Oh, Blake. Just throwing that out there. He's a full 5 foot 11 inches. Fuck, Enzo's taller than me! (laughs) Well, and you can't teach that! (laughs) Well, now we have Uh, run into Enzo. uh, It's gonna be me and Blake just piggybacking behind Dylan. Like, get him, tall boy. Go get him, tall man. With the two of you going to stand on e- sit on each other's shoulders with a trench coat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then choke slam him off the top rope like Chuck and Trent. I'm just looking at wrestler heights now, and I'm fucking dumbfounded. I mean, I knew Joey was my height. Yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. Um, I also forget that John Moxley is 6'4". Yeah. Yeah, I'm only, and he's a huge motherfucker. Yeah, you can tell whenever he's in New Japan because, like, because I've been watching for so long, and like, you get about where like the top rope is in accordance with people, like you know, round shoulder height or whatever. And John, it's just like up, like not even to his armpits. Like he's just like standing above. And I was like, oh, that's right, John. John is a is a big is a big one. Yeah, it's like they did a face-to-face of John with Brock Lesnar once, and he made Brock Lesnar look small, and everyone online, like, had a seizure for, like, five hours. <laughs> what? But he's, he's the gonna beast. do it! He's the beast incarnate! What? <laughs> he's, is, is Dean Ambrose gonna win? Is he gonna get that hardcore match he wanted? <laughs> no, he's not. Of course no, he's not. No, no, no. Um, so apparently the best thing that WWE TV put out this week i didn't see i'm gonna guarantee the other two people on this stream didn't see and it is the anything goes match that they had and it was oni lorkin versus i think davari homeboy some shit happened like you know in wwe they'll set up hardcore spots but never like go through with it because like the anticipation of oh he's about to superplex him through it and then they just like 
it's a reversal and like some bullshit happens and then yeah they, they half-ass it and then they do a half-assed version of the spot no they did not do that they were like fucking power bombing dudes through like four chairs set up on the outside sending them through ladders it was an insane hardcore match and it was all on 205 live so good on y'all which is the equivalent of having that match in a bingo hall yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I do think that like it gets a good amount, it gets as much exposure as some other like actual large wrestling companies. Yeah, and it's just two hundred five live, so I'm gonna get like okay, I'm fine with that. I just want to watch them more. Two hundred five live is better than every Ring of Honor pay per view this year. <laughs> <laughs> I want to build a time machine and go back to fight boys last year and just pop in and be like, Hey guys, it's me in the future. The most exciting things you're going to see this week in wrestling are going to come from impact and two Oh five live and just see how we react. I'm pretty sure we'll be like, did WWE commit suicide? Like did Vince just blow the whole company up? <laughs> are they okay? And then I'm just like, well, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are in control. Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah, they're in panic mode, aren't they? I'll have the same reaction. What year is it where you're from? (laughs) Are you sure you came from the year 2019 and not like... 1999? (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. So Bischoff is surprisingly the one who's keeping a more consistent product. Because for some reason... Did he take over yet? They said it was going to be a couple weeks. Is is today the first week? I thought it was supposed to be last week, but he put on, if he is in control, put on one hell of a show at um, this Sun. Whereas Paul Heyman... I feel like it's going to be... I feel like it's next week. I feel like they're having him take over after the PPV. Oh, okay. Whereas, like, the Heyman shows are just kind of rough right now. Because, like, last week was amazing. They had, like... The spear through that, which was kind of the only thing that people were thinking about. Meanwhile, this... Do you know what this week had? This week had... <laughs> this week had... Cedric Alexander as a, as a janitor in a lucha mask. <laughs> because that's what you paid for. I mean, if you were like, oh, they're going to reintroduce Cedric Alexander as like part of this really cool Shane McMahon angle, I'd be like, oh, that's really awesome. It's going to be in the main event of the show, and it's going to be part of a t- an angle where Undertaker has returned. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to work out. I don't think that's doing what you, what you want it to do right there, actually. So who's, who's wrestling Bailey for the, the title on, on Sunday? So... Here's what it happened. <laughs> Apparently, how did it become? I just want you to explain to me how it became a handicap match because, like, I was reading like the recaps and everything, and it, it just happened. Like, I I couldn't find an explanation anywhere. So what it was was they did a beat the clock challenge where if Bailey beat, I think she was going against Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan. If she beat her in a faster time than Nikki could beat whoever Dana she. Brooke. Thank you. Uh, then she got to pick the stipulation. Do you know how bad it is when I know more about women's wrestling than you? I mean, I just didn't. I didn't pay attention to that shit at all this week. But they're, yeah. just, they're just tits and ass to you, aren't they? God. Damn it! <laughs> I am not the Ryback. <laughs> but yeah, maybe you, know, you are. Whoever you don't want to you don't want a podcast with a porn star. What's wrong with you? 
I don't know why my camera's not working, so just bear with me on that if you're watching. So whoever... They're all just over there like, oh, thank God. (laughs) You get to see the one picture of my face. So whoever won that match fastest got to pick the stipulation for Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. You get to pick a stipulation. Mm -hmm. Nikki instead just said, fuck that, I'm changing the entire match to be a handicap match with uh, Nikki and Alexa facing off against Bailey. So it's not adding a stipulation. It's no, no, no. Make- a handicap match is a stipulation. It is. It, that, it, it tracks. There's it nothing tracks. in the rule book that says she a dog <laughs> can't add a stipulation. Yeah. So, so if anything, you're just. I'm upset sorry. I didn't realize Nikki how Cross bad is- that turned out. That was a bad thing that I said. I was trying to quote the Airbud, and I accidentally called Nikki a dog. I yeah. did notice that, and I was like, we could just move on, but Blake was like, nope, I'm committed to apologize. Listen, <laughs> had to listen, own that. Listen, Scotty, you're just upset that Nikki Cross, while crazy, is still smarter than you. Well, no, 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 because here's the thing. You can change the stipulation for the match. Okay, now it's the fucking Usos taking on, um, I don't know, Heath Slater, and if Heath Slater loses, Nikki Alexa Bliss now has the championship. She just changed what the match was completely. Yeah. But she thought outside the box, and you're upset, because like Vince McMahon, you can't handle change. Fuck Take your right. pooper scooper and go. Fuck Take it. it. Fuck y'all are right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so That's good shit. I, I want to know you guys' reaction to the KO. Ale- Everyone online's like, this is the pipe bomb of this year. Kevin Owens is going crazy. And I'm like, he's... Not really. He kind of just came out and said Shane sucked, which we and all agree with. Like, which was... everybody else is saying. It's yeah, because it... he like got on a table and they're like, and then the, the security was trying to get rid of them. You mean in this worked, clearly, painfully, yeah. clearly worked segment? The people who think it's a shoot are my favorite people because I'm like, if it was a shoot, Kevin probably wouldn't have came back and <laughs> gave Shane a stunner at the end of the show. Yeah, it... <clears throat> That's not how it really works anymore. I understand we should all suspend our disbelief a little bit, but nah, y'all. Especially when the person who they send out is Shane McMahon to be like, cut off the mic, just cut the mic. Which was my favorite part of that promo, by the way, was when Kevin got off the table, went and went, I'll just grab another microphone! What the fuck are you gonna do? And I'm like, you could turn off all the microphones if this wasn't you know, a worked shoot, but it's mm-hmm. fine. But yeah, I, like they could have gone I did, to commercial. I did like where he grabbed a headset. Oh, that was good. I loved grabbing the headset. See, out I, of curiosity, because I, I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Did he grab Byron's? <laughs> yeah, of course he grabbed Byron's. Okay, he, he grabbed the least worthwhile uh, headset that there was and popped it. Michael Cole's. Yeah, <laughs> he grabbed all three headsets and was speaking into them. Mm-hmm. And then he shoved one up Corey Graves' ass. And... I'm very... I really loved how Corey responded to a fan because um, I think it was... I don't know if they were saying this to WWE or Vince McMahon or what, but they tweeted them and said, Can you please... 
either get Corey Graves off commentary or tell him to be a lot more polite to Renee Young because she's an amazing commentator and I love what she's doing and he's just disrespecting and belittling her. And Corey came back on Twitter just saying like, we are both professionals doing our job in a professional setting. If you would like to keep being mean to me and my best friend for having fun, then continue, but no, it will not end here. It's very weird, like, because it would be different if he acted differently towards her, but that's not true. Like, he's acting the exact same way he acts with everybody else on commentary. Yeah. She's just female, she's just female Byron, and people don't like that. Oh, Donald, she's better than Byron, at least. Is there someone else I could compare her to? Maybe, um... I don't know, I don't think Byron is actually that terrible, but I also don't think he's that great either. Listen, his Kofi Kingston shit was amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think he can have his he moments. Proved his, he, he proved his chops. I would still like to see him replace with Nigel McGuinness, but that's just me. Fair yeah. point. I would love to see Corey Graves and Nigel McGuinness work a show. Are you kidding oh, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry. I want to be there when Nigel McGuinness shuts Corey Graves down because it's Nigel yeah. McGuinness. <laughs> they would probably tear each other apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you guys watch Slammiversary? Because it apparently was fucking buck wild amazing and it ended. I, I watched a, I watched a lot of clips from it. I did watch where, where fucking um, Michael Elgin reversed a powerbomb into a Canadian destroyer. No, a, a vertical suplex into a Canadian destroyer or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is shit I should never have to witness. <laughs> I also saw where Sammy Callahan caught fucking Tessa Blanchard, fucking, like, she went for a Hurricane Rana, and then he just swung her two ways into a guardrail and powerbombed her onto the floor. Joey Ryan is the proudest dad of intergender wrestling this weekend, because he's like, they main evented the biggest pay-per-view of Impact. I'm so proud of them. And then, of course, it ended with, like, the ultimate due respect of... Sammy handing the bat back off to Tessa and being like, all right, and then leaving the ring. (laughs) But my favorite story to come out of it is the mysterious masked man who speared Elgin in the middle of the ring. No one knows who he could be with those thick ham hock fucking legs and the massive spear in the middle of the ring. I wonder who it could be. Was it me? Yeah, it was you, Blake, because everyone oh, knows. Shit. When you think Blake Tanner, you think thick ham hocks. Was it was it was it, was it Rhino? <laughs> no, no, it couldn't be Rhino. I don't know what you're talking about, Blake. It was I'm Cesaro, just... wasn't it? I it knew was... he'd come back. <laughs> Although I did love the reasoning for it, because apparently Rhino's no compete clause with WWE still isn't over for a week, mm. and to get out of that. They put him in a mask and had him spear him. That way, this is not a kayfabe thing. This is a shoot. Oh, no one knows who it is. So if WWE ever tries to sue Impact or try to sue Rhino, he can be like, that wasn't me. That dude's in a mask. I never wrestle in a mask. You're ridiculous. Also, it's going to be hard as hell to do that because everything I hear about WWE's non-compete agreements is... That if the person who's getting sued just is able to stick it out, it would not hold up in court. Oh, yeah, 100%. But um, 
as the uh, as the man who's currently leading in the G1 climax pickums, I would like to turn the t- three to two to one. Like it's oh, I uh... two next week. If it's still the same next week after two shows, then you get to brag. Yeah, I was uh, I I looked at it before Blake told us what everybody was at, and I was like, I only got three right. Shit. I mean, I guess that's okay. I guess, and then he was like, "You're in the lead." What? Yep. How? Yeah. Oh, because because as I told you, I had no idea what the fuck was happening with yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, but uh, give us the uh, short term review of uh, short term review of the G one D. Tell us what happened. So, um, so, 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 so first there was Osprey versus Lance Archer which was five times better than you had any right to expect from Lance Archer versus anyone. Oh, yeah. But apparently, Lance Archer heard everyone say that and decided, fuck every one of you, and went out there and gave a great match against Osprey. Which, Will Osprey at this point, I'm pretty sure he's just going to finish this year out by just being like, I'm going to have the most five-star like tournament matches in the history of fucking yeah. ever. And then I'm going to throw it in Seth Rollins' I face. I did enjoy uh, <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr.'s post-match like, interview where he was like, I got more moves than Osprey's got dumb fucking tweets. I know, he, no, his exact words were, these skinny limbs have submitted, have uh, had more submissions than, than uh, Osprey has sent tweets this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. Uh, speaking of which... Zack Sabre Jr. went up against uh, freaking Sonata in a really good technical yeah. bout. These were the two uh, I missed, which... by the way. I missed Sonata beating Zack Sabre Jr. and I missed um, Will Ospreay. Evil losing to Bad Luck Fale? No, no, no. I, I did get that one because I, I perma pick oh. Fale. I'm just like, oh, Fale's in a match. He's winning probably. And then I, and then I trimmed down. I'm like, well, he's not winning the whole thing. So who could I believe he would lose against? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, like, that spreadsheet you had is the reason why you're going to win. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, no, he uh, he had a Fale match. Uh, that was probably the weakest match. But then Kenta versus fucking Kota yeah. Ibushi, wa- I don't think there was a wrestling move in that. It was just beat the shit out of somebody and then the other person beats the shit out of you. I don't, I don't think there was a hold or like a fucking like suplex. I don't think there was a goddamn thing. It was just, there was a whole, there was a fucking whole case of whoop ass that was opened and like emptied in that ring. There wasn't much uh, style to it. It was just very strong. No, no, no. The best part of it was like the 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 lead, leading thread of that story was because Kota Ibushi is like the preeminent striker in New Japan. Then Kanta shows up and he's like, "Not anymore, bitch!" <laughs> and just proceeded to kick the shit out of like like not in a like oh he beat him like no literally like Tajiri esque buzzsaw kicks yeah. to fucking Kota Ibushi's head and then the GTS and like they oh it was it was great. Uh, and then the the main event was the continuation of the greatest rivalry in uh, in wrestling, uh, Okada versus Tanahashi, yep. uh, with the power balance swinging back to uh, Okada after having lost to Tanahashi last year and tied with him. 
uh, by beating Tana in the G1 for the first time. I think ever. Oh, really? Because all the other... Yeah, all the other matches have gone to 30-minute draws. Oh. That was the only match I got right, by the way. I, I had complete faith, you know, kind of being like, no, 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 no. Tanahashi is literally, like, <laughs> like on paper mache knees at this point. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm I'm so looking forward to how Gato is going to surprise me on on Saturday. This Saturday, I'm sure I'm going to... I'm going to try to wake up early because I don't oh, yeah, work yeah. Saturday because Fight for the Fallen. Oh, that's right. I did love um, Okada after the Dallas show being like, I hope all of these American viewers continue to watch the uh, G1 as it progresses. It shouldn't mess with their sleep schedules too badly. And I'm like, fuck you. You don't understand. I love, I love Okada. Now that, now that Kenny's gone, I think Okada's like my favorite wrestler in New Japan. My favorite wrestler uh, is currently still injured and at home with his stuffed cat, but one day he'll be back. Thinking, but you know who is who never has to come back because they're always in our hearts? No one. No one. Because the only patron we have is that motherfucker Gazi at patreon.com slash a load of BS. The website where you can go support the Fight Boys, support the entire BS network, and every single little bit of support you gives us helps us keep making the show better. It helps us buy better equipment like a working webcam for Blake. And in addition to that, you get access to our exclusive shows like You Paid For This, where me and Blake watch terrible movies and then commentate over it. And Blake, we just did a great film. We just watched The Ghost Rider. Eat a fucking dick. It was a cat in the hat. (laughs) We did watch Cat in the Hat, and we commentated over it. And also, in addition to that, you get shouted out on the show of your choice, like that son of a bitch, Gazi. Access to our Discord, where you can hang out and chat with us, and all kinds of cool stuff over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, before we get... We got two shows to predict this weekend. Before we get into it, though... We've got to tweet somebody and try our best to either annoy them into a follow or something. So, Dylan, I turn it over to you. Who are we tweeting this week? Have, uh, have we, have we tweeted at Osprey? I don't think we have tweeted at Will Osprey. Yo, at Will Osprey. Actually, no. Can we tweet at Zack Sabre Jr.? Oh, hell yeah, dude. At... At Zack Saber Jr. <laughs> Sorry you didn't have your hype man in Dallas. Hopefully, hopefully you'll have him back in Japan so uh, he can translate your uh, your pushing of socialism to the masses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very very good. So, Dylan, I gotta know how hype are you for Saturday? Because I know how hype I was when I found out I was going to Fighter Fest. Like. Two days before it was happening, so I really want to know. Mm-hmm. It's this. It's this really weird thing where, where I, when I get there and it starts, it'll be great. Up until that moment, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to this place. I gotta pay for parking. I gotta like it's. It's like it's like going to the dentist. Like that's how my brain processes. And then I get there and the lights drop and like the fucking actual wrestlers show up. And I'm just like, holy shit, I'm here! <laughs> like it's Woo! it's real. It's a real Jekyll and Hyde situation. Oh, dude, I always, like, whether it's WrestleMania, WWE, AEW, the minute you hear, like, that, and then you see the, any filming of this, it will not be, like, this is a pay-per-view event, do not film it. I always get, like, this pit in my stomach of, like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, I'm here, I'm part of this. 
I'm kind of part of history right now. Holy shit! And then, like, that's about the time Pyro hits if it's not WWE. Uh. Um, but yeah, fight. For, are you ready to watch a second, a second librarian spot bomb in front of a uh, Jacksonville audience? My favorite part about you saw you saw uh, being the elite. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fully aware. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Fully aware. That makes this even better. That I look forward to it twice as much now. You just oh, yeah. want to roll in people's tears. I want to see. I want to see every. Neck, beard, unbathed, smart. They'd be like, "Why are they pushing this gimmick, man? They're trying to get people behind the product. They should like not have a fuck you. It's their yeah. company. If Vince McMahon is allowed to have like solely dance gimmicks for black wrestlers, then AEW is allowed to have a librarian. Yeah. Okay, like if you're gonna turn a blind eye for one, like you can't fucking attack yeah. the other. Um, also, I will say, since the episode was lost, would you guys all be fine with? abandoning our fighter fest predictions no i mean i don't know what they are that's the thing i went back and tried to listen and i don't okay so like so like we all got the naya one wrong (laughs) yeah we had to throw out the lava baits one yeah and then blake is now one behind because he picked cd instead of uh shima Shima. that's it okay if we're fine with that i'll take it okay sure uh, then let's make some predictions for Fight for the Fallen. Our pre-show, we have Sunny Kiss versus the librarian Peter Avalon with the librarian Leva Bates. Uh, Sunny Kiss? Yeah, Sunny, Sunny, right? I'm going to say Sunny Kiss just out of game theory, but I think it would be interesting to have Peter win, and then you could build up the dichotomy. No, no, no. You know how we talked about how AEW needs jobbers? Yeah. It's the librarians. Yeah. <laughs> And that's it. Just them. That's that's what they do. Um, our other pre-show match, Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, Joey Janela versus MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears. How long before MJF just leaves? Yes. Uh, five minutes. Five. I, I like that. I like them odds. I'll say three. Yeah. Um, also, Scary Boys gonna win. The Scary Boys? Uh... Ho- the hardcore trio is going to win. The scary bad boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dylan, the bad scare men. Dylan, where do you... Actually, I'm going to wait and hear Dylan's arguments, and then I'm going to make my decision. Now a scary voice. I mean, so... That's actually a good point. What? Um, yeah. The, so here's the problem. Sean Spears can't lose because he just wrapped a chair around Cody's head. And MJF needs something. So I think that MJF tries to fuck over Sean and accidentally yeah. takes out one of... who's Who are the three again? It's, it's Jimmy, Joey, and who else? And Darby. It's probably going to be Jimmy. Yeah, he, he nails Jimmy. Jimmy takes the pin. Uh, and then, like, so those three win. Yeah, I'm kind of fine with that as well. Uh, I, I kind of want to pick that as well. MJF, Sammy, and Sean Spears. Going against the grave! <laughs> uh, You're behind. <laughs> Good. I need that. I know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, SCU versus Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros? I think the yeah. Lucha Bros are gonna yeah. win. Yeah, Lucha Bros, right? There's no way. Yeah. Um... Adam Page versus Kip Sabian, a match that they haven't really built up that much, so... 
I mean, they don't have any... It's really weird. Kip Sabian is the lone person that has no hype behind him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, at like least in the Sammy, whole company. He's just there. Well, apparently weird. he came out for commentary during the Fatal 4-Way match and was just yes. like, whoever wins this, I'm going to beat at... Or I'm going to face at Fight for the Fallen. And that's how he got the match against Paige. But, I mean... I mean, don't get me wrong. Kip Sabian, if you look at his, like, before and after... Put in some goddamn work oh, for yeah. Double or Nothing. Like, like, ripped, like, in, impressively. Uh, yeah. so like, like, I'm sure it'll be a great match. He had a great match against fucking Sammy. Uh, but, like, you know, he's a horse. Like, how do you not pick <laughs> the horse? We got fucking Matt Mania behind us with that logic for the predictions. It was like, I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a horse, guys. Like, you clearly, they're just humans. He's a horse. <laughs> this... oh, Have you tried to pin both a, both a, both shoulders of a horse to a mat? Like it can't fucking be done, man. They're too strong. Have you Have you ever seen how big a horse is? Uh, so yeah, but no, I I think Sabian may get a like a good showing, but I think but Paige is I gonna think win. This is gonna be like the Cody Darby Allen of this show. Not that it ends in like. A fucking uh, in a time limit draw, but in the fact that it's gonna be like just viciousness, and yeah, I'm gonna say Paige, the, the horse will win. Uh, Brandy Rhodes versus Allie. Allie. Yeah, it's got Allie, right? I do. Yeah. But, uh, By the way, I want Dark Allie to show up ASAP. See, that's what I think's gonna happen because, like. It was kind of leading into this world of like, oh, Brandy's going to be the heel. Brandy's the heel. Brand-. And then like last week's fi- like Road to Fight for the Fallen, she cut this beautiful emotional promo about figure skating, like not even about wrestling. Like, and, not, and not letting people down in the big moment. Yeah. And then this week. Yeah, she's probably going to win, but I'm going to pick Allie anyway because I, I just like Allie. Well, and then this week, Allie cut a promo that was like, yeah, I'm just like you. I've been through adversity and a lot of shit like that as well. But guess what? When I faced that adversity, I thrived and I got better. And I, I this, I this. I think Allie is going to be the heel in this situation, and we are going to see Dark Allie. And I'm going to see. I'm going to say Allie for this. Well, she has to lose her soul before she can win Dark oh, Allie, yeah. and she has to be dragged to the. And then, and then, fucking like. Um... And then we've oh, got to bring name? out the. Mi- swords. And then, no, 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 no. And then the sinister minister has to show up. <laughs> And like, um, okay, Ken, Dylan's match of the night. I'm already gonna predict it. Shima versus K- Kenny Omega. How the fuck could you not think that's gonna be match of the night? Look me in the eye, Scotty. <laughs> Look me in the eye. Good match right there. Fucking twenty year, twenty year veteran versus the best wrestler on the planet. You think that's not gonna be match of the night? You suck a dick, <laughs> Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, Actually, Kenny. I can. I hear some. Cry, I hear crying in Jericho over in the other room. How how many years have you been in there, Chris? Oh, yeah. He ran away. Chris I'm, is very sad. I'm gonna say Kenny too. No, Kenny's gonna win. Yeah. Uh, Cody in the main event. Cody uh, probably the main event. Cody and Dustin versus the Young Bucks. Fuck, this is a tough one. Everything else has been kind of obvious, but this one's very much like, oh man, I don't know. I'll, I'll choose the Brotherhood only because the Young Bucks have been heels for literally the last month. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Like, just massive douche heels. Uh, <sighs> me and Blake are, I think me and Blake are in the same situation right now. Where we're like, even with that yeah. logic, I don't know if I've got enough to not pick Young Buck. Yeah, because it's like... So you, you, so you, you think that, that 
Cody and Dustin Rhodes teaming up for the first time since their dad died are going to lose at a show called Fight for the Fall. Oh, <laughs> shit. I didn't realize shit. it's been... I, for some reason, I thought the Golden Stardust shit was after Dusty, but you're right. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, nope. I just wanted to... Listen, I gave that to you for free because I'm a nice person. <laughs> yeah, it's the roads. Never mind. Yeah, no, I'm not... I can't do that. That's why it was a fucking emotional moment at Double or Nothing. Holy shit, like, what the fuck? I like to think Dylan was holding that in, like, oh, it's obvious, it's obvious, but I'm not gonna say anything. And then I'm, finally he was like, fuck, if you're gonna be this much of a dumbass, let me lay it out on the <laughs> table for you. Yeah. It's like when you give a kid a puzzle and they can't figure it out, and after, like, five minutes, you're like, holy shit, dude, you just turn it to the left. <laughs> like, what is wrong with oh, you? Oh, like, you just, like, take it from them. It's like, give me that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we've only got one... Were we only uh, differing on one prediction for this? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, AEW, until they get to TV and, like, that kind of thing, there's there's really, like, a, a pretty sizable power differential between all the wrestlers. And, like, once they implement their, like, wins and losses system and everything, they'll be able to, like, you know, even that out and be like, I don't know, this guy's got, like, eight, eight eight wins but this other guy's got like six and some of them are against like a lot better opponents and like shit like that yeah soon you'll be soon you'll be able to put on a scouter and actually just see their wins and loss records their power level <laughs> yeah i want you to i want you to know john john moxley is uh, power level is just the middle finger <laughs> um on to Oddly enough, so is Jimmy's. I really... By the way, that's my dream tag team, is Jimmy Havoc and John Moxley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the team is just called... The team is just called, like, like unrepentant violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on to... It's called the Wacky Gabby. Boys. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, that's their finisher. It's called what? the Wacky... It's called the Wacky Death. <laughs> and they... They just take one of those, like, old Looney Tunes deaths, and they just do it in real life. No, no, no. Uh, what it is, Mox hits the fucking death. No, he just hits Dirty Deeds. Down. Holds on. Jimmy comes in, grabs them from behind, picks them up, and then hits the fucking um, Poison A Rainmaker. Acid Rainmaker. Acid Rainmaker, that's right. And their, um, their intro music is just Looney Tunes. <laughs> no, it's oh, Tiny gosh. Tunes. Get it right. Yeah. Well, guys, we've got to move on to what's probably going to be, I'll say, a less good show. And that's Extreme Rules, because we're going to start off with The Revival versus The Usos for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. This actually should be a pretty damn good match. No flips, just fists. I say yeah! yeah. That's I say I love The Revival! So we're all saying yeah to revive. Yeah. Um. Oh god. Only because I just don't want their their tag. Like I just I just want them to have something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost out um, of pity at this point. Strowman versus Lashley in a last man standing match, and I'm gonna say with how they've been building it up, this has the potential to have some buck wild shit happen in it. Yeah, but it's still gonna be Braun. Still gonna be Braun strong strong man. Oh, Braun's going in. Braun strong man. It's not a match that matters, so of course Braun's going to win. Mm -hmm. By the way, like, like, by the way, good on Bobby Lashley for for like somehow like losing almost every feud, but still every other feud you come in, he's like he might murder that guy. I don't know. Yeah. Man. You see, do you see that man? He's like a he's like a he's like a human battle toad. 
<laughs> uh, I can't next. with that one still. Dude, every I there is nothing I enjoy more in this world than making people see it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because they're like, I can't unsee that now. It's like, and you never will. <laughs> oh, no, no. The other day I was watching uh, Mega Rand do a stream where he was, like, playing a... I can't remember, I think it might have been Double Dragon or something, but it was modded to include WWE wrestlers. And I went, they need to do with this this with Battletoads and Bobby Lashley. Oh, wait, they already have. And he just laughed. It's like, yeah. Uh, Ricochet versus the newly improved AJ Styles for the WWE US Championship. With the club. With the club. With them good brothers. Mm. Um, fuck, AJ. Yeah. AJ. I know Ricochet just got it, but AJ. Uh, I'm going to say Ricochet just because I think the AJ is going to lose this feud and then fail up. Kind of like Samoa Joe yeah. did. Yeah, that's a good point. No, I think Ricochet's going to hold it. Oh, man. Heal AJ versus heal Samoa Joe. I know, I know heel versus heel doesn't always work out well, but just having them literally come out and just do like a Roman Reigns versus John Cena mm-hmm. feud level of bullshit yeah. against one another would be really, really good. But it's like, hey, Joe, I, remember I, I, what I, went- I really think? I think AJ is going to go and take on Seth after Seth is done with Baron because, like, when will that happen, though? Monday? I think it's over. They're going to start a new angle forever. You, Seth Baron forever. Like, Seth Baron a hundred years. SethBaron.com. Uh, you you guys have convinced me to flip, by the way, to Ricochet. Uh, flip. <laughs> um, Alistair Black versus Cesaro, which is defo ma- na- match of the night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Solid, solid four-star yep. match, without a doubt. And as uh, much as... Alistair Black, because he's debuting, and that's the tale as yep. old as time. Yes, and Cesaro is forever enhancement. Well, not only that, Cesaro can lose. C- Cesaro is one of those fail-upward kind of guys where, like, yeah, he can lose. He's still fucking Cesaro. I don't care. Uh, for the Well, it's not failing upward. It's just that failing never brings him down that much, really. Yeah. He's a constant. It's, it's impressive. A triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Daniel and Rowan versus New Day versus Heavy Machinery. Blue collar, baby. I, I, I'm continuing <laughs> to choose the champions of the planet. I'm uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my boy. In fact, you know what? This is gonna be my um what was it? It was the Bray pick. This is my Bray pick for the mm. year, it's the Otis pick. Otis is coming, baby. I'm I think our planet champions will probably win it, but I I'm gonna go with our standard like triple threats and I'm gonna say I do just wanna see the new day all touch the tips of their titles together. Yeah. Touch the tips. Uh, Dr- Touch the tits. Dr- Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese for the Cruiserweight Championship. Drew. Drew. I'm so I'm so happy and I'm so mad that I didn't predict Drew. Because I remember saying, like, Nice is going to keep it, but fuck, man. I'd love if Drew Gulak got it. <laughs> then it happened. Yeah. Um, dude, if we, dude, that's... That kind of logic is what led me to continually pick Akira Tozawa last year. That never yeah. worked out. Speaking of weird logic, how is it that adding a person to the Bailey Alexa match made it easier to pick? Because Didn't it though? It really did. It's Bailey. Because like, if it was just a one-on-one match, it's like Alexa Bliss wins those all the time though. Yeah. Uh, Bailey and uh, what it is is I think Nikki's gonna do something to cost them the win. She's gonna get the pin. She's gonna eat the pin, and then Nick- Alexa's 
And then Alexa's gonna get mad at her and then do Alexa things. Sure. Okay, that's all D- Dylan's like, yep, you guys mm-hmm. got it. There you go. Um, Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. And I'm gonna say, this is when it this Joe, is when it happens. Joe, 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 Joe. I'm gonna oh, say Joe is my Joe is my Bray Wyatt pick for all like actual championship matches, just because I want yeah, it yeah. so bad. Like I want him to have that crowning achievement. Yeah. yeah. All three. I oh Joe hasn't been to Kofi's house yet, um, so it's gonna be Kofi. Okay, so two Joes and a Kofi, which is my mm-hmm. order at Starbucks. Hey. Uh, Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> versus it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the other team is. The Undertaker is. and Roman Reigns versus the entire fucking roster. The answer would remain the same, gentlemen. I'm so- it'd be like it'd be that fucking like. Uh, was it Randy Orton and John Cena versus everyone yeah, yeah. match? Mm-hmm. Where Randy Orton just RKO'd five people in a row and pinned them? Yeah. Or, and I believe <laughs> I was at this show. Blake might have been too. Yeah, because it, it was the Warrior Tribute show where it was the Shield versus the entire fucking roster. Versus everybody. Yep. Holy shit, that and was then, a night. Okay, so we, I'm assuming we all have the option. But what did that, wait, wait, what did the Shield versus everyone have to do about being being homophobic? I, I'm so, <laughs> it was a Warrior tribute show, and I'm so confused. Yep. And then finally, I'm assuming we all have the, the win boys winning. The, yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I'd like, though? Because SummerSlam is the next pay-per-view. The end, Undertaker Chug slams Roman, we get a rematch at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. That would be very, that'd be cool. Don't at no, the end of which no, rematch, no. Undertaker's bones actually turned to dust. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then finally, in ugh, our main event, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus the people who had the worst Raw segment this week: Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Didn't this match just happen multiple no. times? Yeah, it happens a lot. Is it no 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 I meant like is this the fourth time this has happened? Yes. Dylan's in I don't a, see what a, you think is wrong with it, Dylan. Dylan's in a time loop. It's like Groundhog's Day for him right now. It, it feels like it every time because like before I was like, man, this is really No wait. Wait, no, after Stomping Stomping Ground was the second time and then this match got announced, and then this is the third time. Yeah. Okay. I literally it's been, like, we've been doing this so long. I thought this tag team match had happened again, and then this was the rematch of that match. <laughs> yeah. Like, shoot. Oh, Jesus. Like, legit shoot. I thought that's what had happened. <laughs> that's how long they've been doing this. Holy shit. So. Anyway, I have the two of them winning, and then Brock shows up, and then Becky low blows Brock, and then they run away. Fuck, that'd be good. I really, I want that to happen now. Guess who interrupts a Brock party? The man. Yep. Uh, obviously the champs, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, Lacey Evans wins, and then Baron Corbin's champion. <laughs> and then everyone collectively cancels the WWE network, their stock plummets, and AEW becomes the new champions of the country before they even get TV. Can or, I just actually, say- Actually, I wouldn't- Alright. <laughs> yeah. 
Can I just say the weirdest stipulation I've ever seen for a match was the mixed tag elimination match that happened on Monday? I still don't understand what that all meant because I heard people trying to explain it and I just did not get it. Here's what it, it meant was. That, but- it meant that Selena could do her Hurricane Rana spot on Seth. And no. It was Here was the issue. stipulation of that match. Basically, if Seth won... Now you're going to watch Becky versus Zelina. It was like watching two matches at the same time, and all it took was a tag, and that would change the match you were watching. But at the end of the day, it was just two separate matches. I mean, on paper, that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. But on TV... No, fuck that. This summer, two men save the world from who you ask everything invading robo penises this show is not about those two men (laughs) this show's just a load of bs the show are blake tanner and scotty moore make up dumbass movies like that we're your personal think tank we're your two white guys which fills the quota for a <laughs> podcast i think and we're just gonna be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut that's right except no substitutes ladies and gentlemen because this is that pure uncut yes <laughs> good good uncut so boys we've talked about wwe we've talked about aew But now it's time to talk about a show that's definitely having a pay-per-view this weekend that I forgot was happening two days ago until I woke up in a cold sweat and went, fuck, fuck, I'm going to have to play a lot of video games this week. And it's the JWF, and we're getting ready to put some excessive force into the world, so we need to turn things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. And this weekend, Tibbs, we are getting ready for one of the greatest pay-per-views of the world. It's time to get hardcore because it's time for excessive force. What do you think, Tibbs? Selves, I think I may have invented excessive force, and I gave it to all of my children around the world. That's right. And I'm giving it to you this weekend. That's right, Tibbs, and we've got us some amazing matches. We've got a fatal four-way that you announced last week as your son, Chuck Tibbs, takes on Momoa Curry, takes on the Dylan, takes on one of your rivals, Felix Ball, in a match to Felix Ball is going to get some excessive force exercise on his excessive ass. That's right, that is, of course, an a nautical rules match to determine the JWF World Heavyweight Champion. And I know we've been focusing on Felix. We've been focusing on Chuck. But, Tibbs, how do you think Momoa Curry feels about that match? Oh, I'm sure he's fine with it. He's been around nautical rules for just about forever. I don't see why he would have a problem with it. That's all right, Tibbs. And speaking of some other matches where some men have had some problems with each other, let's talk about... An insane grudge match as Scott Moore takes on his former tag team partner, Guy Fietti. Of course, at last month's Toe Jam pay-per-view, Scott turning on Fietti, joining his son, Scotty Moore and Blake Tanner in the BS to form 
the dynasty. And, and Tibbs, I mean, Scott's actions, they were shocking. What did you think? Maybe he just didn't like the food. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, last week, Guy Fieri, he said that everything that happens in the ring, it's not personal, it's pro wrestling. And all of the actions he did to Scotty Moore were simply pro wrestling. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that Guy honestly had a grudge going into that match? See, that's the secret, Sills. Pro wrestling is personal. That's right. So let's hear what Scott Moore has to say in reply to Guy Fieri's comments from last week. Let's have a listen. So Guy Fieri says that everything that happens in this ring isn't personal. It's just pro wrestling, right? And you know something? If I was as lonely as Guy Fieri, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with him. But you see... In my family, pro wrestling is personal because pro wrestling is our life. That's why when you look in this ring at the dynasty, you see excellence. Because we dedicate every hour of every day to this business. And that's why when you look in this ring, you see JWF tag team champions, Regal Rumble winners, Mr. Cash in the bag, and one of the longest reigning JWF world heavyweight champions of all time. Because when we get in this ring, everything we do is very personal because it's our life. And that's... Oh, oh, okay, okay, Dad. We get it. Everybody here knows that we are the baddest men on the planet when it comes to this ring. But the real thing that Guy Fieri seems to have forgotten is what I said a few weeks ago. When you fight one of the dynasty, you fight all of them. Which is why this Sunday, every single member of the Dynasty is going to be standing in your corner to watch on as Guy Fieri is reminded why pro wrestling is personal in our family. As he is forced to take a knee and bow down to the Dynasty. Tim, strong words there from Scotty Moore. I mean, what do you think? This changes this match immensely. We, we can have three, four people at ringside on Scott Moore's side, and Guy's going to have nobody. You know that's got to play into the mindset of Guy Fieri. And it just looks like it's going to be a beautiful family reunion, Sills. I, I, I can't wait to see all those guys and people coming together. That's right, Tibbs, but I mean, who knows? Maybe Guy Fieri could surprise us this Sunday. We've seen him in harsher situations, in tournament-level situations, and he's come out on top, and maybe he could do the same this Sunday. And speaking of men who would be surprised to see winning, let's talk about a man I know you love, the Hammer Man. A man who this Sunday is going to get into the ring with a man who is a beast, a man who is a demon known as Honeypot and, and Tibbs, let me tell you something. I've seen the Hammerman backstage, and in all honesty, he doesn't seem the same ever since they announced this match. Well, so he's uh, he's obviously just trying to get himself psyched up. He's trying to he's trying to get into the zone. He's gonna be the savior of all humankind here. Selves a lot of pressure. That's a lot to have to process, and he's gonna do it. That's right, Tibbs. But let's not forget. We were talking about the Dynasty, talking about their family. Let's not forget the Hammerman has a family as well, a family in the JWF. 
and we sent one of our top interviewers backstage to have a talk with the VWO about how they feel about their brother's upcoming match. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Don the Don McDonald here with the tag team known as the VWO. Now, boys, it's no secret that the man under the Hammer Man's mask is, in fact, your brother, Travis Clouds. And this Sunday, he's got the biggest fight of his life as he takes on the demon known as Honeypot. Now, I know you three haven't exactly had the best history with each other, but how do you feel about your brother's chances ahead of this match? You know, McDonald, as much as Travis and I have fought, as much as we've beaten each other down, you think I wouldn't care about my brother. That That's what I'm getting from you. That's what I'm hearing in your questions. You think that I don't care about my brother, but that is so far from the truth, McDonald. I care about my brother so much. No matter what, whether he's wearing his stupid mask or he's not. We have lived together, we have fought together for years. And what's happened in this ring, it doesn't matter anything. It's nothing compared to what we used to do. He will always be my brother. And and I have to say, this this Sunday might be the first JWF pay-per-view I'm going to have to refuse to watch in a while. Because as much as I love Travis... I have also been in the ring with that demon. And I know what Honeypot can do. Travis, I'm fucking scared for you. I'm fucking scared for my brother McDonald. Because no matter what happens on that show, it doesn't matter what kind of feuds that Trav and I were going through. We knew that at the end of the day, we'd walk back through the curtain, we'd smile at each other, and we'd be brothers again. But... But this Sunday, I'm afraid that I'm not going to see Travis walk back through that curtain at all. And that terrifies me. So, my next message is directly to Honeypot. That bastard of bastards. This Sunday, I, I implore you. Make it quick. Well, strong words from the youngest brother of the Cloud family. But now I'd like to turn to Justin, who has seemed... Quite quiet, and I know you're not usually a man of many words, so I'll make this simple. What would you like to say to your brother before he gets in the ring with Honeypot this Sunday? You see, here's the difference between old Griff and me here. You see, Griffin says he's been in the ring with Honeypot. He's seen the destruction he can cause, and he's right. I've been in the ring with that beast, and I know what he can do, but I've also been in the ring with the hammer man and let me tell you something mcdonald when that mask goes on my brother he slips into another gear into a being i've never seen before and so this sunday i'm sorry griffin you may have to leave the room because i'm gonna keep my eyes glued to that tv because i want to see just what happens when that mask goes on and my brother stands toe to toe with a demon And so, to answer your question, what would I like to say to my brother right now? I think I gotta say that I'm gonna have drinks waiting on him at home after he beats the hell out of that so-called demon and retains the JWF Captain's Championship because Honeypot's 
Honeypot might be a demon, but my brother, my brother is the Hammer Man. Well, Tim, strong words there from the VWO, and it seems almost like the family doesn't even know what's going on right there. They don't know if Honeypot's going to be dominating, if, if the Hammer Man's going to come out victorious. What do you think? Oh, I, I think it's just silly to think that he won't. Hammer Man, Hammer Man, savior of the universe, Hammer Man. Hammer Man 100% all the time, good boy, best boy, Hammer Man. I mean, he's going to win, so that's just going to be the long and the short of it. Because... If he loses, Sills, I didn't want to tell you this. I don't want to tell anybody, so I'm going to tell you this while I'm off the air. Um, yeah, we're all dead. Tibbs, you know you know we're live, right? Oh, no. Well, Tibbs, let me tell you something. I, I think I'd love to be a fly on the wall at the Cloud House that evening to see how they react to that match, but I'll be honest with you, I think I'd much rather be at this commentary booth to see our main event. The fatal four-way we discussed earlier tonight where Felix Ball takes on Chuck Tibbs, takes on the uh, takes on Momoa Curry, takes on the Dylan Tibbs. It's a fatal four-way of epic proportions this Sunday at excessive force. What do you think? Well, if I like to say so myself, I think it's one of the greatest ideas I've had in a long time. I get to see people that I like fight. I get to see my son out there showing what he's worth. I get to see Momoa Curry, my son, and probably the Dylan beat the ever-loving hell out of Felix Ball, one of my mortal enemies and most hated people on the planet, man that banned me from Canada, man that destroyed parts of my life when I wanted to settle down and just have a normal life and not be the captain anymore, I, I just, I'm just gonna be happy to see him go. Now, Tip, Go, go bye-bye. Now, Tibbs, I do have to ask, last week Felix Ball came out attacked the Dylan attacked your son Chuck Tibbs during a number one contenders match and instead of uh, suspending him instead of that you gave him this match you made this fatal four-way at that moment what was going through your mind to decide to approach it from that direction what was going through my mind sills up pure unimpeded rage and uh then after that I realized uh, oh so this is what Ball wants he he wants something he needs something, so I decided that I was going to show him everything he wants. He's not going to be able to cut it anymore. You know, old Ball's a lot like me. We like to think that we like to can still get in the ring and go with the best of them, but we just can't, Sills. Just can't anymore. And he's about to get shown that by a bunch of young guns and my son. That's all right, Tibbs, but Felix Ball may not feel the same way. And he's in our ring right now, so let's hear what the Wrecking Ball has to say ahead of his match this Sunday. So, last week, old Captain Tibbs, he fell right into my old trap, didn't he? I mean, come on, Tibbs, you're the captain. You could have suspended me. You could have banned me from this arena, and instead you gave me a JWF championship opportunity, you old bastard. Look, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but Tibbs, it's like you forgot who you were dealing with here. I am the king of the North for a reason. I'm the man that's held more titles than you've got pairs of pants, and Tibbs, my favorite thing to remind you is that you've never beaten me in a one-on-one -on -one match. And yet, despite all of that, 
You think that your son, Canada Charlie, can stop me. You think the Dylan can stop me. You think that your silly little god, Momoa Curry, can stop me. But you forget that I am Felix the Wrecking Ball, the densest man in sports entertainment. I am a black hole when I step into the ring, and that means nothing can escape me, including the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. So this Sunday, Tibbs, get ready to pay for the biggest mistake of your life. Strong words there, Tibbs. Wait a minute, wait, let's go backstage really quick. I'm, I'm getting a call that there's a there's a all-out brawl going on. And, oh, my God, Tibbs, it's your son, Chuck, battling it out with the Lumberjack, one of the associates of Felix Ball, both of them going after one another. This is devastating action, Tibbs. What? No, not right before your match, boy. Don't do this to yourself. That's right, Lumberjack now leaning up, and oh, my God, Chuck just spearing him into that brick wall, the Lumberjack falling, and Tibbs, let's not forget, this might be a wise move. We always see the Lumberjack at ringside with Felix Ball. It might be the wisest move to take him out so he won't be there this weekend. What do you think? Maybe a preemptive measure, but it's a lot of risk to take. That's right. Now, Chuck picking up a steel chair, and oh, my God, Oh my god, Tibbs, he set up that chair, and oh my god, picks up the Lumberjack, delivers him with a beautiful DD Tibbs, straight through that steel chair, this is absolutely vicious, the Lumberjack bleeding, and, and Charlie's looking straight towards the camera, and Tibbs, I think he's looking right at Felix Ball. Look over here, hey, give my face over here, because I'm talking right there, you know, to Ball, that's right, Felix fucking Ball. Hey, Felix, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely 100%. Oh, no, can't do right. There is absolutely no way that Canada Charlie could stop you in that ring. I understand that completely. There is no way that he would be willing to go to the dark places in his heart to defeat you. There is no way that he would ever truly embrace who he really was, what he really was, and everything and everyone that he could be. But the big problem is, Ball, you aren't facing Canada Charlie this Sunday. Y'all, you're not going to be facing that wimp, that guy who didn't even really understand, that guy that you tried to manipulate into being everything that he wasn't to make him weak. You're not going to be fighting that Canada Charlie. You're going to be fighting Chuck Tibbs. And then... After you're done fighting, after you're strolling out on the mat, on the floor, you're going to look up and you'll be staring at the new JWF World Heavyweight Champion. Tim, strong words from your son after a strong showing, taking out the Lumberjack with that DD Tibbs. I mean, do you have any advice for your boy ahead of his match this Sunday? No, Sills, I think he's got it all... All according to plan. That's right. So who knows? Who knows who's going to come out of that match victorious? Whether that is Chuck Tibbs, whether that is Felix Ball, the Dylan, Momoa Curry. Who knows who's going to win between Guy Fieri and Scott Moore? Who's going to win? 
between uh, Hammerman, Honeypot. It's an amazingly stacked card this Sunday for excessive force. And the only way to find it is on the official Fight Boys YouTube channel. So make sure to tune into that. And to see what happens next, we will see you next time on JWF Monday Night War. So, Blakey T, it's been an episode. What did you learn this week, my boy? I learned that I'm the only one that puts his faith in the scary bad boys. (laughs) And I learned that if Blake's computer messes up, you won't see him. He's like John Cena. You won't see him for the rest of the episode. I'm waving my hand in front of my face. <laughs> I'd love if you came back and were like, oh, fuck, that's how it works. No. <laughs> so Dylan can be found on Twitter at Dick and Stormy. Blake, where could they find you? You find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. That's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon from the Queasel Corp trilogy to BS versus the Gods, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, remember to check out all the other shows online at a load of purebs.com, ladies and gentlemen. There's a load of BS. If you'd like to hear me and Blake just not have to worry about wrestling, instead be assholes for an hour, that's fun. Fun fiction, opposite attractions, they're all available for you there, so check that out, and remember to support the show, whether that be by picking up some merch at merch.loadedpurebs.com, donating to the Patreon, but if you can't do that, we understand. Just leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or just talk with us about wrestling, whether that be on Fight Boy at Fight Boy Show on Twitter, or on our personal accounts. We love getting feedback from you guys, however you'd like to provide it. And as always, you can find us at loadedpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show. Chuck Taylor, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!